2 Timothy 2.20. Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. How many believers have a wall between them and the Lord because of the sin of sexual lust consuming their minds? And I believe the number is a lot higher than most would think. I base that on years, decades of conversations, of men's retreats, presenting on the topic of sexual lust, and finding all these brothers that they really struggle with this and they don't gain ground. These are men of God. These are guys that I know that profess a faith in Jesus, admit they have the Holy Spirit, and they want to live their lives right. And they're grieving this. They can't shake it. When I think of the word flee, I think of a rabbit being chased by a predator. That rabbit doesn't mess around. It rips out of that area at full speed and does not stop until it's either caught or it's free from the predator. And so with that picture in mind, we have a lustful thought. We need to get out of that thought. Cry out to God, get this out of my head. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And one helpful hint that I was taught years ago that I found it actually works is If it's a specific person you know that you are infatuated with, start praying for that person, that God would touch their hearts, that God would bless them, that God would do his work in their life. Just go to battle for them. In 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. means you got what you need to be righteous. And you can find it in the Word of God. This is what I need to do. This is how I need to behave. This is what I need to be thinking about. To be equipped, we need to believe. We need to study. We need to comprehend what we can from the Scriptures. And this is lacking in a whole lot of believers' lives. And they're not equipped for every good work. They're not equipped hardly at all. Many churches have shied away from teaching the Word in context for whatever reason, and the results are sad. Solid, balanced, faithful teaching of the Word of God That is so critical in living in spiritual victory. Another reason I think that many people fall into this area of lust is that they don't care about the Word. They don't care about God. They're just kind of going through the motions. And they look on the outside to be squared away people, but really it's all about them. Everyone's going to stand before God and give an account of their lives. And for the children of God, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And for everybody else, they're going to stand before the great white throne of Revelation 20. So being accountable before God for our lives is something that we're going to experience. We're going to be called on the carpet and evaluated. And it just makes good sense to study the Word of God and walk in the Spirit because that's where all the cool stuff happens. That's where we see the reality of God. It's where we experience His power. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. And there's a lot to unpack in this verse, but by summing it up, Jesus is saying, hey, I search the hearts and the minds. I see what's going on in your head. And if you're lusting after women, you have the heart of a person committing adultery. 
So it's one thing we're going to face when we stand before him, our thoughts, and that is scary. And this is why believers must seek that renewal of our minds that Paul speaks about in Romans 12, among other places. It says in Romans 12, 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And geeking out over lust is not on that list. We live our lives in a sacrificial manner now as believers, meaning that we give away for the sake of following Jesus. It's all about Him, not us, in our worldly passions. We sacrifice those things so that we may live a life that pleases Him, and along with this, we reject the world's influence in our lives and pursue a higher calling to holiness, where the Holy Spirit is transforming us day by day, and it never ends. God is still doing things in my life, changing my heart, changing my mind, renewing me day by day after nearly 30 years of being a believer. So with these things in mind, and there's a lot more, but for the sake of time, I want to move forward in the topic. Youthful lust, when you think about that, it essentially means what a juvenile mind would think regarding something forbidden. So Paul doesn't tell Timothy to simply flee lust. He adds youthful to the lust. When you think about youthful, think about a youth who is not married, who has no out for fulfilling his natural needs for sex. It just consumes him. As adults, mature and wise, lust is not appropriate. Same thing as childishness is not appropriate. We should know better than to salivate over our thought of doing forbidden things. With Jesus, we need to understand that Sexual lust is something expected with young, foolish people, not mature adults. And why is this important? Because if you think about it, in marriage, men often think, and this is based on a whole lot of conversations that I've had with men over the years about this topic, that because they're married, they can just unleash their perversion and run wild in the bedroom. After all, they believe God created sex so we should enjoy it, right? Yeah, absolutely. But like everything God created, sex was created good with the expectation that it will be kept holy. Sex is sacred and designed to be a lifelong bond between a man and his wife in holiness. Hebrews 13.4 Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterers. Believers must understand we can be totally sexually immoral by the biblical standard in our sexual behavior and think that God has given us a thumbs up because we're married. This is wisdom that is from the world. James 3.13, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Anyone have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in the bedroom? Yep. And they wonder why they're so unhappy with their sex life. So flip that wisdom that comes from the world and seek that wisdom from above in James 3.17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So is it making sense yet? You bring God into the situation. You have an honest heart with God. You repent of your wickedness. And guess what he does? He begins to pour out wisdom that's good. And that wisdom can pour right into the bedroom and bless a man and his wife in holiness. And it can be awesome. James 3.17, it sounds a lot like Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. Now take that into the bedroom. 
Take the Holy Spirit into the bedroom. Pray before sex. See what happens. Bring the Lord into the situation with his power, with his love, with his grace and mercy. It's a whole lot better than bringing in your pornographic mind. And this is the way sex is supposed to be. The problem is so many brothers, and I'm focusing on the men again since I've spoken to so many of them. With women, I don't talk about this. I refer them to godly women for counsel. But these brothers, over the years, some of them have become so perverted in their sexuality because they think their wives are a dumping ground for their fantasies. And God is not in the picture. They're not walking with the Lord. They are totally living in the flesh, and they're miserable. Romans 8, 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So, do you want death describing your sexual relationship with your spouse, or do you want life and peace describing that relationship? So, getting ahead of the issue, instead of filling our minds with perverted thoughts throughout the day, then coming home and wanting to unleash our perversion on our spouse. How about filling our minds with holy thoughts, allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work needed in our lives to draw us closer to God? Then, when we come home, we can be reasonable and pleasant to be around, instead of a salivating gorilla beating his chest. Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Why? So you can fill your mind with the things that don't drag you down and be a person who invites the blessing of God upon their lives. Because if God can produce supernatural miracles, which I've seen many, then why can't he fulfill your sexual needs? The answer is he can. He can. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The brother who takes pride in the fact that he needs sex all the time because he's a man oozing with testosterone, you're on the wrong track, bro. Real men aren't slaves to their needs. Demanding sex every night doesn't mean you're a man. Rather, it means you're a sex addict enslaved to your own perversion. It's a sickness, not bragging rights. 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. So for the brother who just can't shake this, and he wants to ask God to diminish your drive, ask him to take away all of these things, start fasting, putting your body into subjection, I'm going to go to the Lord, I'm going to humble myself before him, and undergo a spiritual pressure washing of your mind by confessing your perverted thoughts, you're no longer youthful. Let it go and pursue holiness. That's where you will truly be blessed. Thank you.